everybody out there, welcome to uh, Wick Live. I am Dan Selke, the editor at Winter is Coming, and I am joined by Cheryl Wassenaar. Hi, Dan. Hello, the editor at Culturist. Kayla Kinnearum is out on vacation this week, our regular co-host. We'll be back next week. And we have Josh Hill back from the brink of death to uh, do a song of Dan and Josh with us. We walk through a song of ice and fire together at the end of the day. And the first thing you might recognize for looking, if you're a regular viewer, hello, Julie. How you doing? <laughs> Hi, Julie. Everyone else in the room. Hi, Emma. Good to see you. Is that we have a new setup here. We have new microphones. We have a higher desk. Um, I guess those two things. And the reason is because we're going to be converting um, Wick Live. It's still going to be at the same time, same place. But we're also going to be making it into a podcast now. So we're going to record everything we say. You can still watch us. We'll talk you through everything. But our genius commentary. But you can also listen to us wherever podcasts are found, iTunes and other places. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get that going for you. We're really excited about it. That should be really fun. We're also going to be folding Wick Live um, under a new name in the future. Come. We already have a Game of Thrones podcast at Winter's Coming called Take the Black. It's hosted by David Razor Harris. And uh, we're going to get that back into production. You can already go see that on uh, iTunes if you like. Rate it five stars. Download it 18,000 times just to give it a boost. And this new podcast, the podcast version of this show, will be on there too. So we're excited about it. We're going to give you more ways than ever to take in our Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire insights. But you can still come back to here Wednesdays at 4. That's not going to change. We'll still be here talking and blabbering about everything Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire. It's true. I, I dressed appropriately. Just in black. In black for this. You did. But I'm very excited for the podcast. No room for the wine, says Julie. We will have some wine soon. It's been too long since we've drunk something on this show. It's true. But we have some plans. Next week, by yes. the way, we're going to have a big giveaway on uh, next Wednesday's show, so watch out wow. for that. But for now, we're here to talk about Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones uh, Season 8, yep. and everything involved with that. And luckily, there is some news bouncing around the internet of sphere. Starting with... A way that you, I mean you, dear viewer, can <laughs> attend the Game of Thrones Season 8 premiere in Los Angeles. What? It's my dream. It's, it's my dream come stuff. true. I could finally see if I'm taller than Kit Harrington. You, you are. It's true. I probably am. Everyone is. <laughs> Somehow Peter Dinks was taller than Kit Harrington. I don't know how it happened. The math, man. That's not my specialty. Now, obviously, we don't know when the premiere is going to be yet, but they are already setting up they're, there's they're doing a drawing to give mm -hmm. away two tickets to attend the premiere mm -hmm. um in los angeles i imagine they'll fly you out they'll put you up in four-star accommodations Thanks. and you can meet the cast and watch the show and the way to do it is you have to go to a website called omaze.com which is a website mm -hmm. that's just used for these kind of um charity drawings and you can purchase like different levels of tickets like say you yep. like give like 10 bucks you get like 10 entries i think it's 100 entries so it's, that it's, maybe like that, yeah. Yeah, I, I looked briefly, but yeah, no, there are a ton of different ways you can get up to like several thousand different right. entries for this kind of thing. It, it all goes to charity. All donations are going to, I believe it's Next. Next for Autism. For Autism, yeah. Which is a nonprofit uh, autism help organization. Yep. The, 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 the more you pay, the more the bigger, better your chances of, um, you know, winning the drawing. Yep. And to promote it, Nikolaj Koster-Wilder, who plays Green Lannister, made a little video which set the internet on fire, of course. And uh, that was pretty fun. We watch it here. How about that? Fancy. Roll the tape. Yeah, get that footage going. 
I want you to watch the premiere of the final season. Of can they hear it? With me. We Seriously, we'll fly you out, we'll put you up in a hotel, and then you'll come meet me and the cast at the premiere of our final season. You'll get to see the season premiere before anybody else, and you're gonna love it. Now you'll get to see uh, Jamie Lannister. He's going down this mountain and he sees the I'm gonna get you, motherfucker. No, please. Gets him, and then she brings back from the dead. They have a relationship. It's kind of weird. Oh, Cersei. Comes back, he gets a little upset about that. And finally. His is back. And then um, they all live. It's gonna be epic. Anyway, best of all, every donation supports next for autism and their mission to improve the lives of people living with autism spectrum disorder. Now you click the link or you go to omaze.com thrones to enter. Hope to see you soon. That's it, that's good, right? That's it? Didn't say too much, did I? No, it's fine. <laughs> and there you go. I think that's a lot of fun. Me too. And by the way, Julie, you asked, is it a safe site for making purchases? I mean, yes, I, th I think it is. Obviously, HBO has confidence. They're lending out their actors to um, promote it. Mm -hmm. It's as safe as you're going to get on the internet. I mean, I, there are always risks, but yep. I'd say that's perfectly safe. And of course, all proceeds do go to charity, which is great. Yep. And a really fun way to, uh, a great prize. I mean, I'd want that I'd prize. I want that prize. I mean, Julie, Disney and Lucasfilm went through... Uh, Omaze to go to see the Last Jedi premiere. So I yeah. think, like Dan said, you're probably as safe as you're going to get on yeah, the internet. Yeah, And of so. course, Nicholas Castrovaldo there revealing everything about season eight. Absolutely, that was funny. the blurred out hand was the great. hand comes back. That's confirmed, basically. <laughs> yes, definitely happening now. Hunter Armour wants that prize too. Of course you do. Anyway, let's move on for a second. So that's an uh, exciting opportunity for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. Okay, on to rumblings about season eight. We have some. Spoilery type things and some proper spoilers in the making. Let's start with a new casting notice. Yes! Always like hearing about these where the mm -hmm. HBO production is hiring new people or looking mm -hmm. for people to uh, play roles in season eight. Mm -hmm. They're looking for now, and, and we haven't heard anything in a while about this, but they're, they want a new role for anybody out there who wants to uh, get into the acting game on Game of Thrones <laughs> to film something on, I think, March the 2nd in Northern Ireland. They're okay. looking for a military guard. Now that is, is not helpful. Yeah, it's not <laughs> helpful in the least bit. Hello, hey Daniel, how you doing? Uh, what's interesting about it is mm -hmm. the kind of qualifiers. I think okay. so. It's can be of any race. They don't care about that. Okay. Twenty-five to thirty-five. That's whatever. Mm -hmm. Someone who looks can like they can handle themselves in a fight, and mm -hmm. uh, and fit an agile, excellent actor with a good, distinctive face. Great. What's that tell you? That tells you that they're probably going to have a close-up of some kind. Mm -hmm. They want to show the face. Probably and someone who's going to talk a little bit. I, I Maybe don't know. a little. I mean, an excellent actor, Tad. Yeah. So, I, I mean, my first gut is Golden Company, maybe. That makes sense. Um, because we know Harry Strickland has been cast. Yes. And we know that the Golden Company is probably going to show up because he's been cast. And I know, we know, too, that it's, you know, kind of important. He's got to have the entourage, you know, with the Golden Company's been talked up so much. 
um, you know, especially with Cersei in the recent season. So that's my first gut instinct. I don't know where your thoughts are at with that, Dan. That makes sense. I mean, I think the most yeah. interesting thing about it is the qualifier that it can be of any race. Yeah, that's cool. Because, I mean, if you're, if you're casting somebody in a northern army, you want a white dude. Because they don't yeah. really have a lot of diversity up there. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if it's the Golden Company, yes. Then it doesn't really matter what race you are. Exactly. Because they're a free elsewhere company. It could also be an Unsullied person. Because they take those slaves from anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's true. Unsullied's not a bad guess either. So one of those two, I think it's pretty yeah. much got to be. Pretty mm-hmm. much fun. Usama Mustafa is waiting for new spoilers. We have them, Usama. So just wait for one second and we're going to get there. Because we do have some good ones. We do. Let's shift into that. All right, let's so do it. So probably the biggest news to come out of this past week mm-hmm. were some pristine, like, beautiful... I have dreams about these photos, guys. I definitely had a dream or two about these photos. Uh, some beautiful photos of... It's a, I'm saying Brock interrupted on the comments thing. Is that okay? Eh, never mind. Some beautiful <laughs> photos of uh, the King's Landing set in <sighs> Belfast, Northern Ireland, at Titanic Studios. It's they so were good. taken by... It's back. Never mind. It's <laughs> sweet Robin lives or we riot, says Sarah Davis. Naturally. That's, <laughs> that, that's what we're all hoping for. <laughs> but these photos were taken by a person from a company called, uh, let's see, the Stria Folding Attic Stairs Company, who just happened to be on, the set of, on site at the time for an unrelated reason, snapped some beautiful, crisp, beautiful photos. So good. And were good enough to let us use them. And I want to look at a couple so of them because they, they look pretty they look pretty juicy. So let's put one of those on the screen. Let's do it. Oh. Okay, look at that. See, what I love is how detailed this is. We're, mm-hmm. Can we're looking see the at the, the, the gate of King's Landing here, yep. by the way, mm-hmm. built in almost its entirety Yep. Uh, at a back lot at Titanic Studios, near the Paint Hall Studios. Mm-hmm. And again, th- th- this is detail on a level that not only do you not see on Game of Thrones, you don't only see on many productions. I mean, they've made the individual crenellations in the wall. Yep. They've made it look like it's genuine brick. Yep. They've made... They uh, differed the colors of the brick. They differed the colors of the brick. It looks ridiculous. And it looks really good because these pictures are really good. I know. This guy, like, got right up in the grill and just took everything. It was amazing. They're, They're excellent pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, that's beautiful to see. But the, mm-hmm. the juiciest part of it, I think, was when you zoom in, you see something that is pretty much tantamount to a spoiler. Yep. So let's zoom in on that picture. Let's get that big close-up. Okay. Oh, yeah. So this is our spoiler moment for the day. This mm-hmm. is a picture of kind of the, the wall between the two towers there. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl, what do you see? I see something that looks kind of like a gate that kind of got blown off because you can kind of see that curve there. Right. But at the same time, you also can see that there's kind of what looks like some possible room for damage. I mean, it's a giant hole in and the it's wall. A giant, it's a giant hole in the wall. <laughs> see, you're getting, you didn't zoom in far enough, Dan. Um, <laughs> that is true. You can zoom in even further and see yeah. something else. I mean, but, I yeah. see a huge breach in the wall. Yeah. I That's mean, what I see. I see something that could definitely be fit in for like the gate to actually be put in, but I can also see how quickly and easily the gate can be kind of taken down or destroyed. I mean, destroyed. It, it's so, like, rough around the edges and kind of messy. Yeah. But I think it's supposed to look like something blew a hole in that. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, either napalm strike, which I think is unlikely, um, or probably. a dragon attack. I mean, dragons. Dragons are usually the answer on Game of Thrones. I mean, we already know there's going to be some action like that happening in King's Landing, mm-hmm. but it's we're seeing it taking shape before our eyes. And it's, it's so it's, cool. It, it looks like it's going to be... Pretty spectacular. 
I mean, if you go to the lengths to build this entire set, like you're gonna be doing some cool stuff on that set. Isn't that fun how like the, the ethos in filmmaking kind of swung back from, remember like when George Lucas was making the Star Wars prequels and he was doing everything on green screen. And oh my gosh, yes. It's almost like practical effects have like made a resurgence And it's this. great. It is really fun. I like it a it's lot. It's exciting. And, and Game of Thrones kind of leading that charge. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't get more practical than building a city. And sometimes setting it on fire, but that's another spoiler. Setting it on fire and blowing a hole in a giant wall. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing that. So exciting. And yes, Carrie Axe thinks it's the doom of King's Landing. Emma agrees with me. Dragon damage, possibly. I'd say definitely. I don't know what else makes that. No. Unless the zombies just, like, pound on the walls for a couple of thousand years and break through. Uh, maybe wildfire, question mark? Maybe. We can rule it out. Wildfire's popular down in King's Landing. (laughs) Crazy lady. So we'll see how that goes when the show premieres, whenever that is. But hopefully, when it does, you'll be there... Beside the rest of the cast members being put up in a four-star hotel because you went to omaze.com and registered for that uh, drawing. Yep. Anything else you wanted to note this week's show before we turn it over to Josh Hill? I mean, I'm just so excited for the show. I'm so excited for Liam Cunningham saying it's bittersweet, but not actually that was giving, nice, right? But not actually giving anything else away. Well, but of course. Other they, than they've that, they've all done this by yeah. this point. Yeah, he doesn't want to get shot. I think was his. They'll, they'll shoot me if I say anything. I love that word for the ending, by the way. Bittersweet. I know. I mean, I'm, Oh, there's so much to dive into with it. But other than that, no, I mean, it's hard to top the picture. It's, it's a good picture. It is a really good picture. If you want it, I mean, he, like, must moonlight as, like, a photographer. Seriously. He's not building stairs for lofts. It's a skill. And thank you again for letting us use your picture if you're watching this. Yes, thank you so much. And we thank you very much, Sheriff Lynn, for Kayla. I'm so happy to be here as usual, Dan. It's always great to talk to you about Game of Thrones. I will see you in a few minutes. Of and course. And now we're going to bring on Mr. Josh Hill. Josh Hill. Bye, everyone. A moment Have a good too week. soon. Oh, no. I'll sit for (laughs) half a second more. Um, No, here he comes. To save the day. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh. Sorry. This is a live show, everybody. (laughs) Everything happens here. You've seen it all. Hey, Josh. (laughs) How are you? Graceful entry. Graceful exit. (laughs) Graceful exit by Cheryl. Thanks again, Cheryl, for filling in. I like the new setup. Right? Isn't this nice? nice? Look at these microphones. They're so nice. It's all right. I mean, I feel a little weird not being it, not just having something unwieldy in my pocket. Yeah. Um, how are you, Josh? Because last week you were in a little under the weather. I'm good. I got the plague, and now I'm <laughs> safe and, and healthy. What did you have? Was it, like, uh, it was the flu, although the doctor, he did all the tests and everything. And by tests, I mean he, like, checked my lungs and nice. my ears. And he's like, I think you have the flu. And I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> official diagnosis. Always love a okay. confident doctor who really says what he wants. Love it. All right. Love it. Well, Josh, you and I are here for a continuing series, um, A Song of Dan and Josh, where you and I walk through every chapter of A Song of Ice and Fire, which will be a long project, Um, looking into each of them, just kind of seeing what we think. I've read all the books multiple times. You've not read the books, seen the show. Are you ready for this week's discussion? Are you bummed about the chapters? I'm ready. Your hair looks good, by the way. Ready. Oh, thank you very much. Maybe you need a haircut. I can't (laughs) tell if it's like just, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like an anime person. Like, uh, it's really high. Oh, well. Is that a compliment? Insult? Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys yeah, think? There you go. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, A Song of Ice and Fire. So we, we read two chapters today. We, we read Catelyn. Catelyn and Sons. Catelyn 5 and Sons Catelyn 5. Two. All right. So the first Catelyn chapter, I think it's where the plot, like, it really kicks into motion. Because we mm-hmm. have a huge... I mean, it's the biggest thing to happen since Bran fell out of a tower. Yeah. Like, Catelyn arrests Tyrion Lannister. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no going back from that. That's a crossing the Rubicorn kind of moment. Yeah. What do you think of that 
final scene where Catelyn is in this inn. She sees Tyrion. That they kind of, she kind of starts to talk to these lords without telling mm-hmm. us exactly what she's doing, and it only becomes clear at the end that her plan here is to turn them on her side and to arrest Tyrion for the murder of Bran. How did this strike you? I liked it. I mean, I remembered it from the show, right. for sure. But it's a big moment from the show. It, 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 I was reading it, and I was thinking about um, there was something that we were taught in film school, like the narrative mm-hmm. of your story. You don't want convenient things to happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't want your guy to come out of the bar in a back alley, and then there's the villain, and then the villain is, you know, with the girl and everything, this kind of thing. And I kind of got a little bit of that when we were reading the everybody's in the bar. So, like, oh, Catelyn's in the bar, and it just so happens that she has, you know, everybody else that she needs. And there's Tyrion, and Tyrion right. happens to make a noise, and then they recognize each other. But I felt like you described it in the notes, and I liked that as, like, the dominoes falling. Mm-hmm. And I liked that, and I felt it wasn't convenient and it wasn't facetious in that way it, it worked and I, I did like the way that it worked out it was it was it was interesting the way to play it played out to me yeah I, I i i love that about the non-convenience of things happening because mm-hmm. i i think what sold it for me is all the little moments that led up to it mm-hmm. that they spend some time on thinking well perhaps Catelyn shouldn't even stay at this inn yeah because they're trying to be incognito but she's like i want to sleep in a bed and this is so <laughs> wet and gross and, you know, they make a point of saying, like, no one's going to recognize me because right. I haven't been in this area for, like, 15 years, and um, I just look like a mud-splattered traveler. That they go to the trouble of, like, mm-hmm. putting this singer near them who's kind of annoying and ingratiating, wants to talk, wants to talk about himself. Yeah. And it, it's not just there for ornamentation. It pays off because mm-hmm. when Tyrion comes in, of course, this singer who we've established yep. wants to, like rise in the world is going to say holy crap a lannister hey over here i can sing for you right so Tyrion looks that way mm-hmm. sees her it, it 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 didn't read as too convenient to me when i'm reading no. it because he sets it all up mm-hmm. like this leads to this leads to this leads to this it was very earned and i felt like that's this isn't the first time he's done that where he's kind of earned that domino falling yeah but. he's very careful and then this was a chapter where it wasn't with Ned and it wasn't in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. We had the plot moved forward. It seemed like that was the, be the only, first time. Yeah, those were the, the only chapters, it seems, where we have some kind of movement is with Ned and in King's Landing. I was like, oh, You're here right. we That's go. Now point. we have something else going on with Gatlin and, and Tyrion. <laughs> and this, I mean, the next Sansa chapter is we're back to like the character theme yep. stuff again. But you're yeah. right. Something actually happens in this one. Like, mm-hmm. this is obviously going to have big effects. Tyrion's captured. His sister won't like that. His father won't like that. His mm-hmm. brother won't like that. What will it, I mean, we know what it'll, what it'll do to Ned, but yeah. it's still uh, it's definitely one of those moments where it's like the end of Act 1, would you say? You went to film school. I would say yeah, I was <laughs> getting to the end there of Act 1. Okay. I, see it. I did not, so you have more authority <laughs> in that area than me. And I, I'd be curious to hear your insights, because that is something, you know, that everyone can give that kind of insight. What else happened in this chapter? That's what I like. We got more world building. We just, always do. The, uh, but it's like that same way where he earns it because you had Catelyn was trying to figure out where to go and then that she was, was describing nice. all the places and I was like, ah, oh, very clever. Very yeah, that was good. She was like, should I go north there. to Winterfell or should I go east to the Vale or west River Run? Like, you know, all those places are really important. Right. And she should be thinking about that because she has a decision to make. But the way it's put in there, it's like it's that way of feeding you information without you really feeling like you're being fed. Mm-hmm. Like, I just watched Altered Carbon, over, uh, part of it over the weekend. Oh, you have seen it yet? I haven't. Any good? It was... F- I-, I watched the first episode. It was fine. But, mm-hmm. like, they were talking in that way where um, you know 
that they're giving you info about this world because you need it. Forced exposition. It, that's what it kind of felt like. And this is a really, this is like the antithesis of that. This is, yep. you're getting information, but there's a reason she's talking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, she has a decision to make, and she decides to go to Winterfell. But now we know where the veil is, we know where River Run is. So yeah. that's nice. I also, really quick before we move on, um, just the whole, just to bring it back to the theme, mm. always the theme, power is the theme of Game of Thrones, the Song of yep. Ice and Fire thing, how to get it, how to keep it, how to wield it. And there's so many different ways to use power. You got mm -hmm. someone like Jamie or Brienne who bash folk with swords, mm -hmm. Arya too, kind of. You got Ned who's a leader, Daenerys who's a leader. And now we have someone like Catelyn who is just kind of, again, she, she's not being aggressive. She's not fighting anybody. She's not, she's not like leading an army. Mm -hmm. She's using the intelligence she has because she grew up just, just kind of using like what the, the smarts you have when you grow up in a, in, as like the daughter of a nobleman, you know yeah. all these people, social skills, I guess, yeah. to get people on her side and then outsmart someone as smart as Tyrion Lannister. And it comes off as just as powerful as anything that Jaime or Brienne or um, mm. Daenerys or Ned does, like yeah. just as impactful. And I think sometimes authors struggle with like, how do I have a character who can make like, like be powerful and be a leader mm -hmm. without making them a fighter? Yeah. And I think this is, George R. R. Martin does a good job of giving lots of his characters different ways to actually move the plot forward and affect change. Yeah, they're layered. So I, I like that, especially going inside of their heads to you get the motivation, right. which I feel helps and is lacking on the show because you can only read right. so, into so many facial, you know, facial acts and everything like that. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I really like that. And it's satisfying too, because then the last line was like, you know, she did what was more satisfying. Tyrion's look in Tyrion's face or all the swords being drawn. So it's fun. It's like a little badass moment for Catelyn. Mm. It won't last, but good for her. <laughs> uh, speaking of character, oh, really quick. Excitement. <laughs> really quick, vocabulary. Yeah. Trencher of bread. They, they eat them. It's a bowl made out of bread. So if you ever read that or see it on a menu, that's what it is. There you go. Okay, speaking of characters who um, wield power in unobvious ways, mm -hmm. we now go to Sansa. Sansa. The, her second Sansa chapter. Mm -hmm. And this chapter is just all about her at a tournament, watching the tournament, not doing a whole lot, but again, it's one of those chapters where you get a lot of insights um, into how she's thinking and feeling, yeah. what she's all about. What do you think of this one? I... I appreciated this in that we went from a chapter where Catelyn's kind of taking charge mm -hmm. and she's really moving things forward. And then we have Sansa, who is, it seems like, I don't want to say regressing, but she's in such she a different a mindset. Yeah, and it's like she's like, so it's like everything's like ooh and ah, and she's very into the tournament and she's very into. I wrote down a lot in my notes. She's into the high life. Yeah. That's what she likes. Up into the point to where she can watch somebody be murdered in front of her <laughs> and she's like, Ah, all right, it, at least it's pretty. And it's like, that's... You, 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 Most of it is. Yeah, you dance on the edge of like... Into like passes for pretty back then. They yeah. didn't have and it's like, one or anything. Is that kind of playing into like a trope or is that like part of her character? And I don't know. It, it, I got the impression that Sansa is, romanticizes life in King La King's Landing so much. Oh, yeah. That she is willing to overlook all of the terrible things like... Robert getting belligerently drunk and just kind of stumbling around and saying things. And, you know, the tournament, watching somebody get killed and all the violence and everything, she's willing to overlook it and be like, 
oh, you know, but, you know, Joffrey's kind of cute. And it's like... And Loras is hot. And, like, yeah. they all look so handsome on their horses going back and forth. Yeah, it's like distraction. It's like smoke and mirrors. And she's of the age where she's going to be kind of into that. I know you made a note, like, it was like she was at, like, a boy band concert. I mean, there was such a great analogy. A lot of fun narration in here. Where just mm-hmm. It just feels like it's just a young girl who's dazzled. Like, there's, yeah. by the way, really quick, um, Emma agrees with me that you have anime hair. Oh, thank you. Just saying that. Is this a compliment? I don't know. That, the jury's still out on that one. <laughs> but uh, here. Sansa was drunk on the magic of the night, giddy with glamour, swept away by beauty she had dreamt of all her life and never dared hope to know. And there's these, like, long sections about all these, like, knights and, like, all their names that mm. we don't really remember. But it's like, this guy rode by and that guy and that guy and that yeah. guy. There's a huge description of food she ate. And I think they're just kind of overloading us with imagery. Yeah. Because that's what she's on right now. She's on a sugar high. Mm-hmm. She's surrounded by all this stuff she always heard about. If Arya had narrated this chapter, it would be like, the whole thing was boring, <laughs> but the hound was kind of badass because yeah. his face is burnt. <laughs> she skipped over all of that. So yeah. somebody, you, you linger on those details because that's yep. the kind of person she is. She's dazzled by all of this. Mm-hmm. To the point where you said regressed. I think she kind of has because... I guess, In yeah. a big way with Joffrey... Because mm. right, th- this is a guy who, you know, basically had her wolf killed, yep, and uh, like fought her sister in front of her and cursed at her, very unpleasant. And she basically forgives him because yep. I think the line is like, "He was too beautiful to hate." He, she really wants to buy into this whole knights and ladies fantasy. Mm. Uh, I think, oh, I think I, had, I read the line down somewhere. It was a uh, bottle. Oh, uh, at that first she line. thought she phonetic. <laughs> 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 there was a lot of B's and G's. At first she thought she hated Joffrey for what she did, mm. they'd done to Lady, but after Sansa had wept her eyes dry, she told herself it had not been Joffrey's doing. Not truly. The queen had done it. She was the one to hate her and Arya. Nothing bad would have happened except for Arya. She would not hate Joffrey tonight. It was too beautiful to hate. Yeah. So I guess it's the idea of Arya doesn't really fit into the whole queenly knightly fantasy thing, mm-hmm. so she's going to accept the stuff that's pretty. Yeah. Like, Loras, the gay dude, handing her a rose. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't know anything at that. She just knows he's hot and that yeah. he handed her a rose. The boy handing you a rose. So yeah. she's, she has some serious rose-colored glass on at this point. Big time. And, you know, we've seen that, you know, we talked about George R. R. Martin tapping into historical things before. And, that, you know, you kind of get that. We see that today even. Like, people are willing to overlook... Oh, completely. You know, the horrible things that people do because it's like, well, you know, they're pretty or they agree with me or something mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, it's it's not that... I wouldn't say it's necessarily a deep flaw in, in Sansa's character. No, it's because she's she's, that, like. she's at that point in her life and it gives her an obstacle to overcome, too. And as we see in the oh, show, yeah. she does. So it kind of helps her arc... In my opinion. It's slow, but it happens. More. Yeah. Um, Nicole Marie says that I have an 11 year old. They romanticize what they love. And that's about how old Sansa is in the book, anyway, at this time. Yeah. So, yeah, she's, she's, she doesn't get what's really going on. And she shouldn't. She's mm-hmm. too young and she has her idea of the world and she wants that to fit. Yeah. But they throw it in her. It's really hard to do that when the hound is escorting you back to your room. And he's drunk, and he leans over and says, look at me. My brother shoved my face into a brazier when I was a little kid. I'm growing up so fast. <laughs> and if you tell anyone, I will kill you. So it, it's... That might well, shatter some of the, one of the lenses what do you think of, of that? your rose-colored glasses. I mean, so, That's a reality check. I mean, Sansa's pretty... is. You feel like she could rationalize even that, like mm-hmm. he's just a weird outlier exception, bizarre person. Yeah. And she can't, I mean, she doesn't stop. 
she doesn't really stop this until Ned dies. Like, that's yeah. her. Yeah. Okay, I need to change something, something moment. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, clearly Martin is trying to show us that the way she thinks isn't the real way. Yeah. By throwing this giant, like, block to that way of life in her mm-hmm. face. Literally up in her face. Yeah. I mean, you could even get into, like, a duality thing with, like, the one side of his face is not, and the other side is burned. It's very metaphorical. It's very deep. Very well, deep. Do you have any thoughts on the Hound and Sansa conversation? No, I mean, I, I've always liked the Hound, so the more Hound I can get... Do we ever go inside his, into his Not head? yet, anyway. Oh, that's a bummer. At this but. point, no. But, I mean, you, uh, well, one thing I like is we, we never go inside his head, but they still get the kind of duality to him. Like, he's obviously gruff and yeah. violent, but there's a bit toward the end when, after he tells a story and Sansa says she felt sad for him, mm-hmm. that, 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 that that vulnerability is there. Yeah. And he can portray it in the head. He can portray it through other people. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty cute. Also, little, I think it wasn't the first check on Littlefinger, but it's Sansa's. Yeah. I just like the description. Very weasley. Which was, I mean, it was very close to what the show is, mm-hmm. right? He was short with a pointed beard and silver streaks in his hair, almost as old as her father. And then he touches her hair and leaves, <laughs> which is, that's Littlefinger for you. <laughs> that's about perfect. Mm, about right. Cool. Any other thoughts, Josh, on the no? second Sansa chapter? No. Oh, that was good. I like it. I liked it, too. I think next week we should read just the next Ned chapter because it's pretty long. Okay. I looked at it. That and works. We'll move on from there. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining us. By the way, next week, um, in addition to having this cool new setup, having Josh back for more, Song of Ben and Josh, Kayla back for more um, Game of Thrones news, we'll be rebranding into Take the Black. We're still going to be on the same time, same place, 4 o'clock on uh, Wednesdays, but we'll have a new name. And next week, we'll have a very special giveaway. So you'll want to be here for that. Till next time, have a pleasant evening.